Hello and welcome to the season five premiere of Crack Encrypteds and Curios. This is Matt once again joined by Angel. Now Angel, it has been several months since we have done this. This part of the show has customarily been reserved for some absolutely insane thing that you do in your free time. But today is not one of those days, my friend. You see... During the last episode of that mini-season we did where we followed up on news articles that we had previously discussed, I went on a lengthy rant about the angel number four because for some reason when we did that episode, I was all about the number four. Did it pay off in that episode and lead to a funny joke? Uh, Well, like many of my jokes on this show, that is debatable. (laughs) Anyways, during the off-season, my mind wandered, and I remembered the angel number four. Thus, it triggered a memory I have not had in a long time. As is well documented on this show, my memory is comparable to Swiss cheese, where the holes and bacteria have just added up over time, and there are just pockets, pockets of missing events. So today, today I wanted to share this long long-forgotten memory in the form of a story about a name. Your name, Angel. And this is possibly a story I have never even told you. But, Swiss cheese memory and all, I possibly could have. So strap in, Angel. Get the buckle. This is going to be a wild ride. (laughs) Or not, because I probably have already told you this, and I just don't remember. For this story... We have to actually travel back into time as this goes back to December or so of my freshman year in high school. So late 2000, I was in an intro to Spanish class and it was a hell of a time, an absolute nightmare. In complete transparency here, I sucked at it because in middle school, I took German for a year and then I believe there was no longer going to be a German teacher in the high school once I got there. So I think I, I had to switch to Spanish. Something like that. I don't know. It was 22 years ago. <laughs> For whatever reason, I ended up taking Spanish. So I'm in this class, and everyone else has pretty much already had a year advance, uh, advance on me because there were only like eight of us in German class the year prior. On top of that, the Spanish teacher was out sick from the beginning of the year till around December due to medical reasons. Now... I pinpoint this moment, this very moment in the story to the beginning of the downfall of my life, Angel. How things would have been oh so different if this travesty never occurred. Since the teacher was out, we had sub after sub after sub, and we didn't have any Spanish work uh, ever being done because none of them were Spanish teachers or even knew Spanish. This one dude eventually showed up and we just watched movies. So in this school, we had what were called uh, was called a block schedule. So the classes were exceedingly long, like some college courses are, which enable us to pretty much watch an entire full-length movie during one class. And these were not Spanish-related at all. For instance, one day, we just watched Halloween. <laughs> what does Halloween have to do with Spanish, Angel? I don't know. Do you? Um, are we talking the Mike? The original. <laughs> yeah. Mike Myers Halloween. Mike, is it Michael? Michael Myers. Mike Myers is a comedian. That's a whole different movie. <laughs> Austin That's Powers. Austin Powers in Halloween. No. 
So fast forward a bit and that sub is gone, presumably because he showed Halloween to a bunch of 14 or 15 year olds during school. If I remember right, he even blocked the little window on the door so no one could see into the room, which now that I think about it, uh, leads me to believe he knew that this was all a bad idea, what he was doing. (laughs) Eventually, he is replaced by a guy who does know Spanish, and I feel at this point we are already like three months into the school year and have done no Spanish work at all. So good luck to this dude to start teaching us. It's it's all a blur, but as I recall, it did not go too well. Eventually, eventually, the actual teacher comes back from medical leave, and I hate to say it, Angel, she looked like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this poor woman was battling some kind of cancer and was clearly, clearly not in a healthy state to be back working at all, but I can only assume she was out of sick time and just like had to come back to school for work i felt so bad angel like this woman was probably in her late 50s but she truly looked like she was about 85 years old she was probably around 100 pounds and four and a half feet tall a stiff wind could have pushed this little ablela <laughs> over in a heartbeat she also had this medical tape thing around her wrist which went all the way up her forearm Almost as at some point in time she had fallen and injured her wrist, and this was supposed to be helping that. Remember the medical tape, Angel. It comes back into play <laughs> later on. So she would also wear entire sweatsuits that didn't match, and they were like insanely large on her. Like She was some kind of person who got lost swimming in pounds of sweatshirt material and just accepted their life being engulfed by clothes. She would have a, a hair tie in her hair, but... Somehow it didn't tie any of her hair back. It just puffed out like some sort of static field was constantly emanating from her tiny body. It was a sight to behold. Now, it isn't my intention to put her down or anything. I just want to make it clear. This woman should not have been back in the class in the classroom doing anything because of how ill she still was. And this is more, I would say, an indictment of our health care and sick leave policies in, in America, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this poor woman, she came in, and if my memory serves me well, because of the block schedule, the first half of the year was supposed to be Spanish 1, and the following half we were already set to be going into Spanish 2. So the longer class lengths basically equaled to a year's worth of material in one semester, Angel. We were like seven weeks from the second semester starting and we had done nothing besides watch Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) This woman is so sick. She was actually falling asleep at her desk during class. She, she could hardly move angel. And she has a class that is three months behind on the work. I I'm beginning to feel anxious. Just thinking about it all over again to finally get to the point here about the name angel. Here we go. As part of the class, we are able to choose a Spanish name to be called in that class. For instance, I would have logically been Mateo in the class since my name is Matt, gift of God, and all that in the meaning of the name. But freshman me was not logical in this instance at all. No, no, no. We were allowed to choose any name, any name, Angel. So can you imagine what I do? You chose a different name. Do you know what name? Was it Angel? At that time, 
a show I really liked was Angel, a friggin' vampire detective show at its most basic level. If you don't know what it is, it was also a spinoff of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I'm sitting there. Eleanor's rattling off their names and the teacher's writing them down. I'm like, these bastards better not choose Angel. Because I don't have a backup at all. I was all in on Angel, and I don't really know why looking back at it. Like, I wasn't a huge fan of the show Angel. Uh, it was a neat show and all. I don't even recall watching it during its original airing. And I really just knew about the character. Maybe I thought he was cool. I don't know. I was 14 years old. Finally, the teacher got to me after what seemed to be about a half an hour because her body was in so much pain, just writing names down. And I belted out Angel. I give it my all. I say, on hell, to pronounce it correctly. And, and she didn't respond. I'm like, well, this is weird. Is, is she okay or is she having an episode right now? After about 20 seconds, she says she didn't hear me. And I still remember it. To this day, the wrist tape stuff that she wore was coming off her arm like she was a mummy that was unraveling. This is metaphorical in a sense to me now because my life was about to unravel, Angel. I say again, on hell. After another 10 seconds of silence, I say, on hell, even louder. <laughs> then the freaking crypt keeper says she can't hear me. I was, I was not saying it in like some whispered tone. And at this point, I was beginning to freak out. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Now, Angel, one thing that our listeners probably do not know about me is that my body has this uncanny, absolutely ridiculous ability to turn uh, my face stop sign color red for the dumbest things, too. And I have no <laughs> idea why. It's not like I'm embarrassed or anything. I can just be talking to a person in a normal conversation and my face turns red. It's bizarre. I can't control it and I hate it because then I feel it happening, which then makes it even worse because I know that person can see it and I can't stop it. Then my body doubles down on the redness because I know that person knows that I know they are wondering why my face is turning red. So at this moment in time in class, one would have thought that the ghost of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was manifesting inside my face. I was that red. At this point, I have yelled the name on hell like five times. It's been two minutes of me trying to tell this woman who is about to pass out from pain the friggin' name I want to be called in this goddamn Spanish class. <laughs> Remember, at this point, I was also like sweating profusely, like dripping off my face type of sweat. This was an absolute nightmare. I I just wanted to tell her that my name is Angel, and it isn't freaking working. So in a panic, I was like, I want to be called Angel. And I just want to be called Angel. And she was like, oh, Angel. And I was like, I could have died in this moment. I was like, what the F is happening? Is this a hidden camera show that I want? The incident was so horrific, I soured on the name on hell, and like three days later, I went to her to change it to Javier, <laughs> because I liked the spelling, because it was like Professor X's name, Xavier. <laughs> that was my only reasoning. So, that is my story. For around 72 hours, my name in Spanish class was Angel, <laughs> and... 
if my timeline is right here, this was about several months before I even uh, knew of your existence. So I don't know, like, good thing I didn't have any flashbacks to those days in class. I'd be like, <laughs> F this guy based on his name. <laughs> but that didn't happen. That didn't happen at all. And the rest, as they say, is a 40-year wide hole in history. It's because you manifested me. You're not real. I'm not. <laughs> oh no! I should go back to listen to the podcast and like as I'm waiting for responses, it's just blank air. <laughs> like, oh, it's it's true. You've been talking true. to yourself all this time. It's been a one man show of awkward pauses. Oh no, that's not good. But yeah, that's my story of being angel. Do you know if I ever told you that before? Um, I don't think you told me that. I think me, I know, I know you took Spanish, mm-hmm. but I don't think you told me that uh, particular story. To this day, I don't know what the hell I was doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a good way to start. <laughs> Sounds like a horror story, man. I know. It's like, can anyone hear? <laughs> can anyone hear me? <laughs> well. With that absolutely riveting story uh, out of the way, Angel, why don't we begin our exploration of this week's entity, our season premiere entity, the Champlain Sea Serpent, allegedly America's most well-known lake monster. This claim got me got me wondering, Angel, if the Champlain Sea Serpent is the most well-known lake monster, it is the perfect entity to test out our newest segment, Angels, serendipitous and slightly salacious sea serpent talk corner. I'll start with an easy one. What does the Champlain sea serpent reportedly look like? Huh? Well, actually, it has changed its look as time went on. Um, it's gone from looking like a horse to with a snake-like body to becoming this uh, reptile plesiosaurus thing that... Once people, uh, from what I found, once people learned about dinosaurs. <laughs> and and its length can range from, and I'll put it in terms Wildly. you can I, I put it in terms you can understand, from 4 to 26 Shaquille O'Neal's. <laughs> I know that exact length. He's, he's seven and, uh, feet tall and one inch, so <laughs> do the math. A serpent... But a horse? How the hell does that work? Beats me. <laughs> no idea. Does it have like? <laughs> I don't. I, I can't imagine. Like I'm thinking like minotaur, half horse, half man, or something. Or I'm sorry, centaur. But a horse I, serpent? I imagine. I imagine like a seahorse, where it's just got like a weird little body that curls in the end. <laughs> but he's. <laughs> uh, Three Shaquille O'Neal's long. <laughs> yes, the giant seahorse. Oh, God damn. So, <laughs> Lake Champlain is 107 miles long. That's 172 kilometers for our European curiosities, Angel. And 14 <laughs> miles at its widest point, 23 kilometers wide. And falls to a max depth of 400 feet, or 120 kilometers, Angel. Mm-hmm. 400 feet deep, Angel. Do you know how many Shaquille O'Neal's deep that is? Uh, it's about like 28,000, I no. think. 
That is 57 shacks standing on each other's heads to have the topmost shack having his head out of the water. It's a shack human centipede. The imagery. As he's trying to drink a little water bottle, and it's, his hands are so big, it still looks funny. How can an allegedly 20-foot-long potential apex predator survive in this lake for centuries and not deplete the lake of its food sources? Well, I have a theory. Quite simple, really. <laughs> this creature has a built-in survival mode. It, once, it <laughs> once it acknowledges that its food source is low... It acknowledges it, 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 it can detect when it's got low food sources. I mean, it, it spent years underwater being undetected, so it, it's evolved these measures. So it's it, once it acknowledges its food sources are is low, it undergoes a process of transdifferentiation and reverts to a state prior to its existence—a single cell. What the? It remains in stasis until the food source numbers go up again. How does it come out of stasis? How how does it know as a single cell the lake has replenished? It's got a sensor. Survival mode? Survival yes. mode deactivate, Sorry. it says. <laughs> yes. In like echo clicks. <laughs> well, I mean, they, supposedly. But it would be a single cell, so it wouldn't click. How's it? How's it? Announce it's the activation. Single cells can do a lot, my friend. Can do a lot. <laughs> I guess <laughs> they can evolve, right? <laughs> Over billions of years. Yes. <laughs> Every time it comes back from a cell, it adds a new feature to itself. I, I like to picture like it gets stuck in stasis mode for so long, like it comes back and the lake's gone. It's completely droughted out and it's like yeah, oh it, shit it comes back with four legs instead of flippers and <laughs> rampages into vermont like godzilla yes so getting back to this this goes back to the great debate of last season is it the champlain sea serpent in the singular or is it champlain sea serpent as a title for multiple entities in the lake based on my previous answer i'm just gonna say it's the singular so because of his like reverting back to single cellness is he immortal essentially semi-immortal really he's semi-immortal <laughs> yes because he could still be killed it still bleeds red <laughs> does it <laughs> do dinosaurs bleed in red i don't know <laughs> it's speculation really at this point but i'm i'm positive You're speculation but i know it's true <laughs> our final question i have located six other names for the champlain sea serpent for which it is known can you name all six i can name six names <laughs> jesus we have champ champy okay, <laughs> so they're all variations of champ four more of them no no of course not lake champlain monster the Mohawk people called it the Onyarekoa, <laughs> and the Abenaki people named it the Gitaskog. And the sixth and final name, the sixth name that you are going to hear now. About to hear now. <laughs> that I will tell you is 
his snake ship. Okay, so you got a few of them there. <laughs> Surprisingly, I'm floored. We have my number one on this list, the Great Snake. So there's one check mark against you. Number two, His Majesty. <laughs> number three, His Snake Ship. <laughs> uh, number four, Champ. You got that one. Uh, number five, Sammy. <laughs> Sammy, <laughs> Sammy, just Sammy, and number six, the Champlain monster. So you were on the right track. You did much better than I thought you would. <laughs> you 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 summoned his snake ship, and he spoke just, spoke to you. <laughs> I, I prayed. I prayed to him. <laughs> Give me guidance with more echolocation clicks. <laughs> <laughs> so here is your moment to redeem yourself, since you failed so horribly on my test here. <laughs> If you had a chance to bestow a name upon this entity, well, I'm afraid to ask this, what would you call it? Well, I looked at a list of lake monsters, and I noticed a pattern with the names. It's either the name of the lake, of the name of the lake, and the word monster <laughs> at the end of it, or some word with no vowels. So <laughs> no vowels. <laughs> I mean, give or take. <laughs> so I decided to keep it simple. I. Give it. It's an acronym. I, you know how I love acronyms. <laughs> You're crazy about them. And uh, depending on how you want to pronounce it, it's either Jaws uh or Jaws U. So like Jaws U. <laughs> like Japanese. Yeah, if you want to go that route. Jaws U. Jaws U. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? You want to know what it stands for? <laughs> sure. Uh... It's Jaleel Ahmad White Steve Urkel. <laughs> you gotta you got find the actor's real name. This character. The name. The Lake Champlain Monster. Why would you do that? To come back to when I call the other thing with the Urkel in it. This van, the Van Meter Urkel or whatever it was. I'm wearing my Chad Lewis shirt, so I guess it's after both. Oh. Joss. Oh, okay, let's move on from that. <laughs> with this absolute travesty of a talk corner done. I have one question for you, Angel. Are you ready? Is the atomic weight of cobalt 58.9? I hate you. <laughs> so That's a bit of Ghostbuster trivia for you. Is that a line in Ghostbusters? Is that like something Egon says? Yes. <laughs> We'll be done in like six hours. <laughs> Why don't we begin our la our lake-sized look at Cotton Eye Joe's razor, the action that states for the Champlain Sea Serpent to have come from somewhere. It must therefore go somewhere. And I've said Champlain so many times now that the word doesn't even sound correct anymore in my brain. <laughs> so where did this thing come from? 
We need a bit of a, a history lesson here, Angel. So strap on your pleated khakis, tuck in your blue double-breasted pocket shirt with the sleeves rolled up, tie up that red bandana around your neck real tight, and don your tan-digging hat to keep the sun out of your lovely eyes. Dr. Angel Grant, famed paleontologist with a fetish for raptors. Before I continue... Why do you love raptors so much, Dr. Angel Grant? Uh, well, first off, raptors can mean any type of bird of prey. We're talking dinosaurs here. Now, a common misconception due to the popularity of Jurassic Park is that the velociraptor was not actually six feet tall as depicted in the films. In fact, the film dinos were actually known as Dinonychus. No. I, I learned how to say this, and then I completely forgot. <laughs> Dinonychus. I don't know. It's some... Whatever. Anyway. See, I'm brimming full of knowledge. <laughs> so you have to wear your hat to keep it all inside. Are so, you telling me the, the raptors that Spielberg used were not the actual raptors? Like correct. He, he misrepresented the dinosaur. That's right. So, to answer your question, I like raptors because Jurassic Park made them awesome. <laughs> That's effing true. <laughs> a clever girl. I mean, do you have to say any more than that? <laughs> exactly. So, a hop, skip, and jump after the creation of the known universe, there is a body of water referred to now as the Champlain Sea. In the area that is now known as Lake Champlain in New England. Author Robert Bartholomew, who we have referenced before on this show, mentions in his book The Untold Story of Champ, it is possible that a small breeding population of prehistoric creatures became landlocked at this time, making the lake their home and adapting to the fresh water as rain and inland floods gradually flushed away the salinity. Fossil records reveal that the Champlain Sea was once home to an array of exotic creatures, including whales and walruses. Extremely exotic creatures, right? <laughs> whales and walruses. It is, it is, is it too far-fetched to think that a species still unknown to science or thought to have been long ago extinct could survive into the 21st century? What do you think of Bartholomew's question there, Angel? It's a fair question, but I think it gives too much credit to these bumbling animals. Once the, <laughs> once the salinity goes away they they probably freaked out it's even in there that it was once once home to whales and walruses ain't none there now is there ain't, ain't none there now is there no there aren't <laughs> i hope that's your answer to everything now ain't none there now <laughs> And you start playing a, a moonshine jug to play us out. <laughs> that was a serious answer. It wasn't supposed to be funny. <laughs> well, supposedly, even into the 1600s, there was uh, there were a ton of walruses still in the area, which blew my mind. Even more so, the Champlain Sea, as it was referred to, was still connected to the Atlantic Ocean as close to 10 thousand years ago meaning that parts of upstate new york and vermont were completely underwater during the time that is considered the dawn of civilization like that 
I just said it. I'm still like grasping <laughs> with understanding <laughs> my it's, understanding of geography at this point in time. It's it's no wonder uh, the colonies didn't colonize New York. It was underwater. It was there. <laughs> it was Atlantis. <laughs> the uh, traditional the traditional story of the Champlain Sea Serpent picks up just a few short, roughly 13 billion years after the Big Bang in the year 1609. A very good year for humanity, Angel. What is your favorite event that occurred in 1609? I'm going to have to say uh, January 1609. Uh, Whole <laughs> the whole month. Well, it was a good uh, month. <laughs> well, in the beginning, right? The beginning parts. The trial of the Basque witches, to be exact. Witch hunts were big around this time, and I like to explore those that aren't Salem. Did you know that 2,000 people <laughs> confessed to being witches? And, <clears throat> and by people, I mean children between 7 to 14 years of age. 1,802 of those people wrote, retracted their statements later, claiming they were tortured to confess. Can you believe it? 7 to 14-year-olds getting tortured. Good year for humanity indeed. Ain't no more riches there now, though. <laughs> Are there? Are them witches gone? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe it wasn't a good year for humanity. <laughs> now that you put it like that, 1609 sucks. <laughs> Where did that take place? In Basque. <laughs> Spanish witches. <laughs> oh boy. Mine is July 29th. Samuel de Champlain shoots and kills. <laughs> it's not funny. Shoots and kills two, two Iroquois chiefs at Ticonderoga, New York, setting the stage for French Iroquois conflicts for the next 150 years, Angel. So, that dashingly handsome devil by the name of Samuel de Champlain is putzing around North America, killing chiefs, and giving one hell of impression of the French to the Iroquois that would last for generations. And he discovers a body of, a body of water that now bears his surname, Lake Champlain, located, of course, on what is now the borders of Vermont and New York. He discovers Lake Champlain Angel, that's what history tells us. The indigenous peoples that were there for at least 10,000 years prior to Champlain, they never discovered the lake. They were they were there when it was still a sea. I'm not convinced they even knew the sea was there. How is that possible, Angel? The lake is currently 107 miles long. That's 564,960 feet, Angel. That's 79,571 Shaquille O'Neal's on top of each other. How did they never themselves discover this lake if what history tells us is correct? Well, I have an answer to that. <laughs> Good, because I don't. There's this quote-unquote fact or anecdote that goes around about how when Columbus came to the Americas, the natives never really saw the ships. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've heard this. Uh, because um, it was not of their mind, their framework of mind or something like that. 
like this uh, uh, Did you uh, like a, a sailing <laughs> ship <laughs> a sailing ship was so far beyond these primitive natives minds that they didn't see it it just didn't exist they what they it didn't exist in the reality do you do you get what i'm saying the I, ships I were invisible to the natives <laughs> they, they couldn't comprehend what they were seeing they just they disassociated what they saw and just broke it out of their brain yeah, they could not physically mm-hmm. see these giant things sitting in water with men disembarking. The purveyors of this so-called fact are the same people saying things like Champlain discovered this lake. Racists. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the uh, only other theory is every single one of them was blind and they just didn't know <laughs> it was there. Yep. And then Champlain showed up and gave them sight. I mean... <laughs> That's that's what the French do, right? <laughs> they touch your face and give you give you sight. <laughs> it's called <laughs> I don't know the sight gift. <laughs> Wasn't that a good name? <laughs> I just came up with it right now. <laughs> oh God, it's better than Jossu. <laughs> it was it was Dexu or Dexus. Samuel de Champlain, first sight. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those. It's, 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 acronyms. Wait, wait. Acronyms you almost, are important. You almost, you almost said Shaq Fu, didn't you? <laughs> no. Shaq just shows up doing Kung Fu. <laughs> so according to, to lore, what the hell's going on? According to lore, Champlain was exploring the lake. When he saw a serpent, this is the season premiere angel, be serious. <laughs> Champlain was exploring the lake when he saw a serpent-like creature about 20 feet long, as thick through as a barrel, <laughs> and with a head shaped like a horse. He was thick. <laughs> what do you make? <laughs> what do you make of that imagery from Champlain's description, angel? I feel like the French have this penchant for exaggeration, um, because I hear Why that... Well, he sh- he's Champlain's French, I know, right? but why the, the, the French in general? They're well, because like because that 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 uh, thick uh, as a barrel thing reminded me of something I I remember reading long ago about Charlemagne, oh, Jesus Christ, who's, <laughs> who was who was said to be, uh, uh, you know, accounts of him being seven to eight feet tall, and and he had incredible strength, such incredible strength that he could cut a man and even a horse in half with one blow from his sword. Um, Are you saying that's not true? Are you <laughs> saying Charlemagne was not Nephilim? <laughs> He's also described as having a, of a strong, robust make. His uh-huh. legs and thighs very stout, and his sinews firm. His face was 13 inches long. His face. His, <laughs> his, his face. Was it wide fore- or long? I, I don't know, but his was it just forehead, a block? his forehead was a foot. <laughs> uh, what's her name? Uh, Tyra Banks. What, he's got the foot, the foot long, <laughs> foot long airline. I just, he had a 12 inch forehead. <laughs> And and 13 inch wide face. He was almost a blockhead. 
There's a blockhead man. <laughs> he he easily vaulted over four horses harnessed together and could raise an armed man from the ground to his head. Was Charlemagne the freaking Chuck Norris of his time? <laughs> I, I think so. Or like Teddy Roosevelt of his time? <laughs> I, it, I couldn't find the thing that I remember specifically, but I think this is the closest that I can find it. This says he required eight span for his girdle besides what hung loose. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I mean, he's got a lot of <laughs> a lot of things to get in that girl. <laughs> not <Being that> big. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's how how tight they have to make it. <laughs> it expands. Yeah, Charlemagne was a legend. <laughs> yep, <laughs> like friggin' Andre the Giants walking pretty, around. <laughs> pretty sure he's uh the 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 inspiration for the term barrel chested. I thought you were going to say the, the inspiration for champ. <laughs> that too. <laughs> and that is why I think the French have a penchant for exaggeration. Mm-hmm. Dang, Charlemagne. <laughs> I never thought he would pop up during this episode. Is he going to be our Pliny the Elder of this I, season? I sure hope so. I sure <laughs> hope so. <laughs> well, 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 well. Unfortunately for historian Marjorie Porter, who is indeed the one who re- who really cemented this story and gave it legitimacy in an article of a 1970 edition of Vermont Life magazine, that magazine you still have a subscription to today, Angel, <laughs> Champlain apparently never even wrote this description. According to Bartholomew, Porter had read many early newspaper reports of sightings and may have come across the claim and used it without checking the original source. I believe... That is a diplomatic way of saying she just made this all up. (laughs) Supposedly, what Champlain was actually describing in his journals was a garfish, which, while they can get up to 10 feet in size, certainly do not look like a lake monster. Now, Angel, here is something I want you to chew on for a moment before I ask my next question. Get a real mouthful. Start chewing. Get those molars going. Is it in your mouth? (laughs) <laughs> yep. How could you talk with it in your mouth? According to Lake Champlain, <laughs> you got the Charlemagne jaw. <laughs> According to LakeChamplainRegion.com, which states the indigenous, <laughs> it's the less Im- less inbred version of the Habsburg jaw. <laughs> the indigenous people that have long lived and hunted near Lake Champlain, the Abenaki and the Iroquois have their own legends about a large creature inhabiting the lake which looked like a large horned serpent or giant snake. The Abenaki term for this creature is one you had mentioned earlier, Angel, Graskog. Early in the 18th century, Abenakis warned, warned French explorers about disturbing the waters of the lake so as not to disturb the serpent then. So we once again see roots in, of lore in Native American cultures. Do you think there is a desire by Americans to link the first sighting to Samuel de Chaplain to somehow give the perception that it is uh, more realistic or more valid because a learned gentleman such as Champlain was the first to record the sighting? I don't think so. I I think it's I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that that it's a learned gentleman or because he was the first to record it. I think it was just simply what I mentioned before, racism. Ouch. <laughs> Where it's it's like, you know, why would you listen to mm-hmm. anything these people have to say? Because you I mean, already think... They didn't even know the lake was there. 
Yeah, they, they didn't even see ships from Columbus. Like, come on. Oh, gosh. How did they, they even tie their moccasins, as one would say? <laughs> I mean, it's so... Ugh. Yucky. It's yucky. Yeah. The whole not not discovering the lake, of course, is in tongue-in-cheek. It's, it's the way history is written, unfortunately. Yep. And is that a good thing? No, it is not, but we can understand the concepts behind it and, you know, reframe it to put it into like the scope of what reality was. <laughs> like, it's quite telling that he's writing about fish and not writing about the people he's just killing left and right. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he could, he could argue they weren't seen as human in his <laughs> eyes. So <laughs> yeah, my perception of this is that it gives it an aura of, romanticism and forlorn sense of fantasy like the idea of the rugged strapping barrel chested pioneer exploring and seeing exotic creatures can have this otherworldly experience that people of today could never experience when in reality champlain never experienced that at all he, ne he never saw this creature it isn't romantic in a sense just writing about a big fish he saw in between murdering people now apply that sentence in today's world and Champlain would be considered a psychopath. <laughs> like he's journaling about fish and Oh, I just killed two chiefs <laughs> in the same month. <laughs> why do you think, uh, this might be a leading question now that I <laughs> understand. Why do you think these journals of European explorers often get misrepresented as having encountered something so odd or paranormal? I mean, I guess there could be a number of things. Well, I guess you're saying that as in today's term. Um, yeah, I mean, we saw the same thing with yeah. uh, Lewis and Clark with Piasaw. This idea that their journals have in them hidden secrets to the past that, you know, are long gone of these monsters roaming the world. Yeah, I I think it's be simply because of a romanticizing the past in, mm -hmm. a, in a sense, like this sense of adventure of explorers finding things of the unknown and we've done away with all of that now because everything's been explored everything's been found except for like 75 percent of the world underwater yeah. <laughs> especially the the lake <laughs> we're talking about it right now <laughs> so, bartholomew wrote that between the 1870s and the early 1930s the most famous lake serpent in the world was the Champlain monster and accounts of his antics were reprinted in hundreds of newspapers across the country and around the world. I think the overarching villain of our show through the seasons has been the 1800s newspaper angel. How different of a world would we live in if newspapers in the 1800s did not exist? Would we have that proverbial flying car right now? <laughs> I I think we would have uh we wouldn't have all these a wonderful things to talk about. <laughs> we wouldn't have a show. <laughs> in, in fact, I mean, I think, I think it would have happened either way. I mean, you mentioned it with this historian that wrote about Champlain in 1970. So people yeah. are still making things up, mm -hmm. even to this day. Like, you know what? I, th I think I can get away with it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it for the, for the Vermont <laughs> magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not going to track my sources. I'm getting paid. <laughs> I mean, even now, the Wikipedia page of Lake Champlain states that 
uh, Champlain wrote about this thing in the 1600s with no mention of this being a, a fake quote. I am pretty positive that Marjorie Porter, the one who wrote that, uh, died three years after that issue came out. So she didn't have to deal with the repercussions of what she wrote in that magazine at all. Or did she? You think that was cursed? <laughs> I thought you were going to say she was murdered. <laughs> well, I'm saying that was she that magazine was cursed and ever since she uh, her, her uh, she articles it. her life yeah. fell apart. <laughs> the Champlain curse. Yes. <laughs> he came back and was like <laughs> stabbed her in the back <laughs> and then wrote a journal about like flowers. <laughs> Anyone who holds that issue is cursed. <laughs> So now that we are past the same old day Champlain portion of our story, Champ is probably the most well-known version of this entity's name, besides Jasu. Uh, <laughs> but with Champlain being pronounced Champlain and not Champlain, should this entity not be called Champ? Yes, I would. I am. I am definitely putting my vote in calling it Champ. Champ. What's up, Champ? Uh huh. So, the first publication of a Champ sighting came in 1808 in the public advertiser titled Lake Champlain. A monster has lately made its appearance on the waters of the lake. Eleven years later, the Plattsburgh Republican puts the public advertiser to shame. They shade it to hell with the reports of a of a man named Captain Crumb. Is there a better name for a captain than Captain Crumb, Angel? Only Captain Crunch. Crunch? Captain Crunch. Oh, Crunch. I think he said Crunch. <laughs> like, this one's going over my head. I don't know what the hell Crunch is. <laughs> you took, took a, you're still chewing on that one from earlier. <laughs> it is a good name. I saw that name when I was doing my research. Captain I'm like, Crumb. Captain Crumb. Oh, man, where is this? Dude, what do you think Captain Crumb looked like? Oh, he definitely had like that that weird eye thing, and he's got that pipe out of his mouth. I think definitely it, has like the um the captain from Simpsons. Yes, <laughs> that guy. Yes. <laughs> uh, the article mentions this Captain Crumb. Was Captain Crumb even a real person? I think they just made him up. Captain <laughs> Crumb, <laughs> who witnessed the sight, <laughs> relates that about 8 o'clock in the morning when putting out from the shore, he discovered at a distance of not more than 200 yards an unusual undulation of the surface of the water, which was followed by the appearance of a monster rearing its head more than 15 feet and moving with the utmost velocity to the south at the same time lashing with its tail two large sturgeons and a billfish which appeared to be engaged in pursuit. After a consternation occasioned by by such a terrific spectacle had subsided, Captain Crumb took a particular survey of this singular animal, which he described to be 187 feet long, its head flat with three teeth, two in the center and one in the upper jaw, in shape similar to the seahorse, color black with a star in the forehead and a belt of red around its neck, its body about the size of a hog's head, with haunches 
with hunches with hunches on the back as large as a common potash barrel with the eyes large in the color of a peeled onion he continued to move with astonishing rapidity towards the shore for about a minute when suddenly he darted underwater and had not since been seen although many fishing boats have been on the lookout what the hell do you make of crumbs encounter angel i just when i first saw that i was i thought from two was it 200 yards 200 oh, yards he's 200 he's eyeing down this thing he can see this thing clearly with and the, the two three teeth. fish the, the fish chasing it he can see sturgeons <laughs> and a billfish after it i'm more impressed with this man's eyesight than the damn thing he saw like come on what is cut no wonder he's a captain i mean he probably sees the other end of the earth when he's <laughs> sailing <laughs> he sees around curvatures <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then he says that thing's about 187 <laughs> feet long. Sounds weirdly specific at that range. <laughs> and it's still the largest number I think we have on this creature. Wildly. Like the others are like 10 feet to 20 feet. 187 feet. <laughs> I just, I just, I wish we could have some more Captain Crumb. <laughs> Oops, all crumb. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, like you said, he saw this thing at 200 yards away. That's two American football fields away. And he was able to describe the color of its eyes. Why are we not instead talking about the incredible superpowers of Captain Crumb's <laughs> eyes? It's like when Aragorn asked Legolas what his elf eyes see. And Legolas can describe shit from miles away. <laughs> was was, was Crumb Captain an Crumb an elf? <laughs> He was on the last boat before it sailed to the west. <laughs> that that fabled elf. There's Elrond, Galadriel, and Crumb. <laughs> Tolkien's favorite elf. Oh, God. Final consensus was Crumb real. <laughs> I'm going to say yes, just because I want to believe. I still believe, damn it. <laughs> Over the years, there have been so many documented sightings, it would take several more hours than we're already taking to go through them all. <laughs> but it got to the point that even P.T. Barnum, the greatest showman in the history of history, offered $50,000 for the hide of the Great Champlain Serpent to add to my Mammoth World's Fair show. You are authorized to draw on me for any sum necessary to necessary to assist in securing the monster's remain, a news ad read. Now, call me cynical, but I am more of the mind that Barnum was just using the popularity of Champ, or Champ, to promote his own show in newspapers. But maybe that's just me. So, that was in 1873. In today's value... It would be close to $2 million. Not a bad finder's fee for finding Champ. Put yourself in the shoes of a man who just read the August 27th, 1873 edition of the Green Mountain Freeman Angel. You're drinking your horrible black coffee. You're eating uh, toast that you had to toast over a fire. There's nothing on it because you forgot to churn the butter. P.T. Barnum puts a $2 million hit on Champ. How do you catch it? Oh, uh, dynamite. <laughs> Start throwing sticks of dynamite in the lake. 
Just uh, something's gonna come up eventually. Following the example from the page of the Hodag, the Hodag. you form your posse. <laughs> you collect get, all of your dynamite. What was it? Get a bunch of uh, there was like specific like strong men or something. They were like all that. lumberjacks. Lumberjacks. <laughs> all, all no, they were aren't they bear wrestlers or some something like that? Something like that. <laughs> Get all your bear wrestler friends because you have them. <laughs> Start chucking dynamite and collect two million dollars from friggin' P.T. Barnum. <laughs> and 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 was it? Is this? Am my understanding is correct? I can go to P.T. Barnum and then ask for things that I need I to catch the thing. I don't understand that. He's like saying, "Come to me, I'll help fund it." What the hell are you doing, P.T. Barnum? <laughs> so you're gonna give me the fifty thousand and fund and pay the for hunt? It? I guess like maybe he ne- never brought his uh sh- his show to Vermont, so people will never come talk to him about it. <laughs> no one's gonna ever ask me about this. <laughs> and then I guess it was enough because like four years later, he re- he printed more stuff in the newspaper asking for more people to go search for it. He wanted that thing in his show next to like the world's fattest man that weighed up two hundred and twelve pounds or something like that. <laughs> right next to him is gonna be uh, Champ. Champ just eats him. <laughs> Barnum's like, no, he was my money maker. He was so fat. People yes. paid money he to was, see him. He was the money maker, not Champ. Uh, bearded lady's gone. It's, it's crazy. PT Barnum's world collapses because he got Champ. This is like King Kong all over again. <laughs> it's like it's like King Kong. I was I was, I was watching to really derail this i was watching uh simpsons and it was like treehouse of terror two or three and it's the episode where homer is king kong and montgomery burns like fields a a thing to go to skull island fields expedition to go there and he uses marge to like get king kong homer to come out and they finally get king kong back to springfield and they have him tied up and someone says like Okay, here he is. Look at it for 30 minutes and then leave. Like, there was, what the hell was the plan with King Kong? Just have him on the stage doing nothing, just standing there. And everyone's like in their suits in the seats, just staring at King Kong. Nobody's doing anything. He's like, oh, I guess we saw King Kong. Time to go. What was the plan? (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure that's what P.T. Barnum did. Like, just look at these things. All right, go. (laughs) Get the hell out. More people got to come in and pay me 10 dimes to view it. (laughs) This is possibly the best line from Bartholomew's book. It could be said that whereas fairies are no longer believable, they have been replaced by more scientifically plausible creatures. In this regard, Champ could be viewed as a sort of overgrown modern-day fairy. As we have seen, fae, Angel, are possibly the most consistently strong entities across the board. Are we ready for a world where Champ is from the fae world, Angel? If if I think of the grudge he would hold. (laughs) If I go into this believing that Champ is actually of the fae world, I have to go change my scoring. (laughs) I mean... It would break the the score. It would break the rubric. <laughs> what do you think a Fay Champ could do? Uh, I think he could like more pranks. But you know, because do you do you acknowledge Champ or do you ignore him? Oh no! Don't that don't acknowledge. You don't acknowledge. 
<laughs> Maybe that's why the uh, the natives didn't acknowledge the boats. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're onto something. Don't acknowledge the giant thing. <laughs> acknowledge nothing. <laughs> that's how I live my life. Let us now change our focus to where did Champ go? Luckily for us, Angel, the sightings still continue today. In fact, there is a display titled The Champ Sightings in Bulawaga Bay Area, which documents the dates Champ has been seen. I believe when I was younger, I actually went to this board and on the uh, on the way to visit my aunt in Vermont. But it does unfortunately still spread that Samuel de Chaplain story that he was the first to see the monster as his name is the first name on the list with the date of 1609. The list is wildly confusing to me, though, because it is not in chronological or alphabetical order, and it it really displeases me how they designed this board. Uh, I do think it's a nice touch to the overall story of the creature to have that out there. What do you think of the of the of the champ board? Yeah, I think this is like the first time we hear of something like this um nobody else is keeping track of of sightings in their uh of i don't know mothman or something yeah just don't bored of like 80 people that have seen it and the dates <laughs> that they did it like what the hell that's really cool and it makes me wonder like how what what do you have to do to get a date added like can you just <laughs> say i saw it and then they're like all right here you go is it's there, on there is there like a, a fee to get on the board <laughs> The whole not being chronological or alphabetical, there I do not understand the listings and the names. It's really bizarre. I don't know what design <laughs> choice went into designing this thing, but oof, come on. Is it not in the order of whoever tells them the next sighting? I imagine they're just adding to the list. But it looks like they were. It was made with all the names already on there when it was put there. <laughs> like there's no there's no more room to add names. You'd have to add more boards. <laughs> It's not they, they have even to, more confusing. They, they have to manufacture a new board with one more name on it. And, and, the, the, and the place that made the board has gone out of business, so they can't make any more, oh <laughs> is my That's guess. It. It's over. <laughs> we can't design a new one that looks like it. <laughs> one of the most referenced documents for the proof of Champ, I'm sorry, of Champ being real, <laughs> is what is called the Mansi photograph, which has become the quintessential Champ photo. Coming from 1977, Sandra Mancy took a picture of what appears to be a lake monster poking its goddamn head out of the water, Angel. What is your impression of the image? I I mean, it's cool. I like it. <laughs> it um it looks like there's some something coming out of the water. It looks like, I, better than the Nessie photo. It yes, it does. That it, Nessie looks like a silhouette. Mm-hmm. Um this one you can actually I think there's like color. You can see yeah, color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still kind, you know. It's still grainy, like yeah. blurry. Like you can't really see any. I don't see any three tooths and eyes and. <laughs> it's not one hundred eighty-seven like... feet or whatever. <laughs> Crumb <Yeah>. said. <laughs> In the I watched the Monster Quest episode of of Champ, and they reenacted. They friggin' reenacted the the taking of the picture from Sandra Mancy, and she said that she. She saw this thing come out of the water. She fell upon her knees. It was that majestic of an experience for her. She fumbled for the camera, and she took the picture on her knees, still, like, getting it in frame. It looked 
It, it looks like a lake monster, but time to be in the hot seat, Angel. Is this champ or is it something else in the picture? Because many professionals have looked at the picture and they have deemed it not to be doctored in any way. It is a, a picture, a true picture of something Sandra Mancy 100% believes without a doubt what she took a picture of was sham. I say it's a sham. Oh. Oh. <laughs> How long have you been waiting to say that? <laughs> Just now. <laughs> a sham? So you don't, <laughs> what do you think it is? I think I'm, I'm, I go with the prevailing theory that it's a log. Log, yeah. Yeah. Argument that a log was, has uh, really like more than a log, almost a whole tree was down yeah. there. And over time, after it sunk down there, it degraded. And it has a short period of time when it pops back up to the surface and like <laughs> expulses itself out of the water, stays <laughs> at the surface, and then falls back down shortly after. Yep. So with. <laughs> With the Sandra Mancy photo thoroughly debunked by Angel here, let's move debunked. On. <laughs> move on to some theories. Let the record show <laughs> debunked. <laughs> some theories of what could be in this lake. We have the plesiosaur theory that Champ is a plesiosaur that has somehow survived to this day. And I don't know about you, Angel, but when I picture a plesiosaur, I imagine a freaking huge water dinosaur like basically a brontosaurus with fins or flappers but in reality they were typically like 11 feet long which is extremely underwhelming there isn't really much more to say on my side of this for this one do you think it could be a plesiosaur when i was younger i used to when i learned about nessie and all that stuff i was not thoroughly convinced but i i would look at pictures of plesiosaurs or whatever artist depictions of them and i'm like yeah that thing definitely exists in scotland mm -hmm. or wherever it is loch ness obviously speaking on the popularity of these things i didn't even know about these things in america like come on come on america we gotta market our lake monsters more <laughs> so much for champ being the most well-known <laughs> lake monster in the in the freaking world he really <laughs> lost that title you know it's like a child's dream but as you said, this this thing's got to be huge. There's no way it's going to live in this little... In the lake. Well, it's not that little of a lake. It's, it's not like that the little. It's sixth biggest but, lake in America. But I, I believe like it's not that deep. Yeah. From what I What remember. was it? 57 shacks deep? <laughs> yeah. So... And, and it's like, is there more of them? Like, how are they reproducing? How are they surviving? Like, none of it adds up yeah, to me. I mean, it's my understanding that a... For a population to thrive and not inbreed itself into a Habsburg jaw, they <clears throat> need 50 uh, diverse creatures to start the, the population to not become inbred. Like, that would be the bare minimum is 50 creatures. So that means there would be at least 50 of them unless they started inbreeding. Does that make them evolve more? <laughs> more <laughs> to become stronger than inbreeding? <laughs> They've got the, all the right mutations. <laughs> x-files peacock family down there in dinosaur form coming out to kill people i'm getting breaking news here i mean they're telling me in my ear by them i mean me, <laughs> that a plesiosaur can grow up to or grew up to 11 feet so it's not that big <laughs> that's what i said <laughs> 
Well, yeah, you said that, but you said that in terms of. Oh, I see. No, I misunderstood. I misunderstood. <laughs> Get that person out of their ear. You don't <laughs> ruining the show. <laughs> you got demons in your head. <laughs> yeah, but either way, there's no way these things can be living and reproducing. I mean, therefore, immortal. <laughs> immortal <laughs> creature that becomes a single cell yep. <laughs> entity and then survival it's, instincts kick back in it becomes it's the most prevailing theory yep. so far mm -hmm. next we have the tanistrophius theory and what the hell is a tanistrophius this is a variation really uh that is suggested by author dennis hall in his book champ quest which my god champ quest what a <laughs> name of a book that rather than a plesiosaur it is a tanistrophius so unlike the plesiosaur that has flippers this one has feet and toes, maybe knees, but it is still <laughs> argued today if it, if whether if it was a land or aquatic dinosaur. So picture a Komodo dragon with a 10 foot long neck. And that's basically what this thing was. Is this somehow a worse theory angel? Because the implication could be that champ could just walk out of the lake and be like, later guys, I'm going to Lake Erie. Uh, I I like that idea that it can walk onto land. It kind of it, it, it makes that lady from that the from the monster, monster quest. Yep. Yeah, says that she saw it walk on land. Yeah, so and she says kind of she says she saw two different ones within like a week apart. Why are they coming to her house? <laughs> I don't know. Is it like the, an um, elephant graveyard of Tanistrophiuses? <laughs> They come now, here to die. <laughs> I, I have scolded the the voices in my head, and they're telling me now some some better info that the Tanistrophius was about twenty feet long. Yeah, it was bigger than Plesiosaur, so And it's still within the range of the sizes that of besides crumbs. <laughs> it's not got the crumb range. <laughs> Hundred and eighty seven feet long. <laughs> I just don't see how it can hold up its neck like that. It's weird. Well, that's also a argument against lake monsters is that these dinosaurs did not have the neck strength to do what is the, the classic image of holding up its neck like this, that it yeah. just had a really long neck, but could not prop it up for any length of time. But I mean, you're yeah. Dr. Angel Grant. You would know, <laughs> although it's not a velociraptor. Are there water velociraptors? Of course, but we're not going to get into that now. As we saw last season, dinosaur theories, <laughs> uh, they grind my gears, Angel. They are pretty hard for me to get behind, as it either implies these creatures are immortal, or there is somehow, again, a viable population to continue surviving for eons at this point. Like, do you know of any other theories beyond it just being a dino and your single-cell amoeba? theory <laughs> well you mentioned it earlier about the it possibly being a fey creature it's apparently oh God, is this a theory <laughs> apparently uh it's been said that they act they could be this uh what is called a water kelpie brought over from scottish folklore isn't that a movie about the water the water horse isn't the water horse a movie the water horse is a movie yes is that what i are they fake so 
have no idea because I haven't seen the movie. I haven't either. I haven't thought about <laughs> that movie in years <laughs> until you said that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, according to the wiki, a water kelpie is a shape-shifting spirit inhabiting locks in Scottish folklore. So the idea being that if the creature, like Loch Ness monster is a kelpie, so it would also be um, the, uh, the Lake Champlain monster would also be a, a kelpie of sorts. But um, they're so usually it has the power to shapeshift. But why would it choose Plesiosaur to be its shape? Well, it's it's usually described as a black horse-like creature able to adopt human form. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and some accounts state that the kelpie retains its hooves when appearing as a human. What? Weird. You're like freaking Goatman. Is Goatman a uh, a kelpie? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> We got to go back and revise that, huh? <laughs> New theories. <laughs> that's, that's our next mini season. Everything's a water kelpie. <laughs> Melon heads, water kelpies. And I guess apparently these stories were told to children to keep them away from bar- bodies of water. Oh, the old, the old rougarou. The rougarou-roos, yeah. as we would call it. Uh, scare kids to not do anything. <laughs> yeah, there's monsters there. It's a horse thing that looks like a person. Don't go there. It could it could transform into a human, take your life, throw you into the water, and become my child. I don't want that to happen, so don't go near the water. <laughs> Friggin' skinwalkers. <laughs> that theory made my day. Because my, my, my fae thing was just a joke. <laughs> and now it's a real theory. Yep. Before we get into the rubric of power, the this angel of the season premiere, rubric of power, can you feel it? I wanted to yeah. highlight, <laughs> feeling your veins, your veins are <laughs> bulging. My God, I wanted to highlight some of the greatest articles ever written by human hand about Champ from the that come from the Weekly World News which in my opinion is the equivalent of a paper from 1850 cranked up to 11 and then they friggin' broke off the knob so it can never be turned down ever again. In October 2nd, 2001 edition of Weekly World News, there's an article called Lake Champlain Monster Attacks Oil Tanker. So, according to this article, Champ plowed, plowed it, Plowed it, Angel. Plowed into an empty Norwegian oil tanker. Killed 22 of the 38-man crew. Almost as if it was a warm-up for something bigger, Angel. Which is which is testing his strength. You see, the article states, Champ had left Lake Champlain and is making a beeline for Scotland on a mission to fight and kill Nessie in Mortal Kombat. Experts believe he is driven by a powerful biological impulse related to reproduction, much like when salmon swim upstream. You know, when salmon swim upstream to kill each other, we believe, (laughs) it goes on to say, this happens in their species every 100 years or so, the article states. What do you make of that statement? Weekly World News. Oh, how I love thee. I... We've talked about even... it before in the show about uh, I think I mentioned Bat Boy and you had no idea who the hell Bat Boy was. Yes, and 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 thank you for showing me this article, uh, this magazine because Bat Boy was in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a staple. I think he helped catch Osama bin Laden. Did it? Did it? Like some woman get in trouble because of Bat Boy or something? 
What was that? I don't know. He probably impregnated her or something. <laughs> anyway, this La- Lake Champlain monster attacks oil tanker. I, I don't even know where to begin. How is he going into the Atlantic? Uh, we discussed this earlier, and I'm just going to say the same thing again. I don't understand how it's, it's, just, it's a huge detour. It's going to have to swim out of the lake yeah. into the St. Lawrence Saint River. Saint Lawrence, yeah. And, and uh, then out first into up the another little... river up to the St. Lawrence, like it's a long, it's a long journey. <laughs> it's, and then out into the little, the little bay and then into the ocean. And then it's somehow, and then according to the little picture in the article, it's, that's not where it is. It's compl- it's further South, which makes no sense. Why would it go South then to go East? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and then like the way that the article's formatted, like the first, it, it states like the location that the article is like being written from or something like that. And it says like Portugal. <laughs> like, what? That makes no sense. And, and then. It took like the route of the freaking Titanic. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it's like, why is this a biological impulse related to reproduction to kill Nessie? I don't understand how that. Does it, how, how does it know that Nessie's there? <laughs> how, how does it know? Away. Why isn't it going after the other lake monsters in the United States? It's closer. It go from the, up the river to the St. Lawrence down to the Great Lakes. I'm sure there's some Great Lakes monster we don't know of. <laughs> Took down of, that, uh, what, Scott F. Fitzgerald or whatever the hell the boat was called. There's a, there's a lake monster in Chesapeake Bay. They call it Chessie. It could have gone up the St. Lawrence down the eastern coast of Chesapeake Bay <laughs> and Mortal Kombat of that thing instead. <laughs> Then it says experts believe. Uh, like what experts? All how do they all know? They know. How do they know that this happens in their species every one hundred years? <laughs> and and it, you don't, and you don't know that... about the, the the Champ Society that <laughs> tracks them every hundred years. It's been and, there since and does Samuel. This... <laughs> <laughs> and this what this? I'm assuming in 2001. This is when it happened. So mm-hmm. does that mean that we're not going to see any more oil tanker destroyed until 2100? Oh, man, I have to live <laughs> to that year to see the next murdering that uh, a Champ does. Who's his next target? I don't know. I mean, did it win? I, uh, did it well, kill well, Nessie? We're going to have to buy or the next episode to find out. Or something. <laughs> we got to do our follow-ups. <laughs> sure. Yeah. In a hundred years. hundred years from now. Jesus we're, Christ. We're, we're holograms. We really doing old man voices for that one. <laughs> we'll be artificial intelligence is talking about whether Nessie is still alive or not. What do you think? Pliny the digital. <laughs> oh, man. So and the article ends with a quote from Dr. Brian. <laughs> I wrote Dr. Brain. Dr. Brian <laughs> McKennessy. The Loch Ness Monster is bigger than Champ, but Nessie's disposition has always been docile. <laughs> okay. I honestly don't know if she, meaning Nessie, stands a chance. The quote ends so on the record, Angel, Champ, Champ versus Nessie, who wins? Well, based on the information I was given today, that Champ is aggressive as hell, <laughs> and Nessie is anger. completely, <laughs> and Nessie's completely not. I, I, and I 
still don't understand what the end result is. Is it to reproduce or to kill? I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Um, like salmon. Salmon. <laughs> <laughs> salmon. <laughs> I'm going to say shampoo wins just because it took a, a tanker. <laughs> it portrays Nessie as this like intrinsically altruistic creature out there in Loch Ness like just swimming around and just just being a water kelpie and luring humans to their deaths yeah. whatever oh my gosh one thing Angel that caught my eye that I would be remiss to not bring up is a little article in this edition that states celebrity gossip is good for you and the first thing I thought about, Angel, was your People magazine collection that we have previously spoken all and now know and love. And how absolutely deep you get into celebrity <laughs> gossip. I, su- <laughs> I suppose it just solidifies it all for you. It's a real reassuring thing going on. The article states, celebrity gossip is good for you. Geneva, this article coming out of Geneva, (laughs) gossip about celebrities just isn't idle chatter. You can actually use it to improve your life. Celebrity gossip can make you more popular and much happier, declares Jean Delaparte, author of Gossip, 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 Your Way to to Mental Health. (laughs) The expert says you can use gossip about celebrities as a substitute for gossip about friends and co-workers gossiping about about real people can have nasty consequences <laughs> gossiping about gossiping about celebrities says the expert is safe use gossip to connect to other people when conversation is lagging or you need an icebreaker say something like that jennifer lopez sure has a humongous butt Or TV hasn't been the same since CBS booted the Smothers Brothers off the air. (laughs) Who the hell are the Smothers Brothers? (laughs) (laughs) You quickly establish common ground and make fast friends with just about anyone. Enjoy gossip as a leisure time activity. (laughs) While some people go to to sporting events, others watch celebrities on TV or read about them, says (laughs) Delaparte. It's a pleasant activity. Soak up celebrity gossip and get a reputation for being someone in the know. Having the latest word on somebody can be a comp- can be a competition. You're a man of competition. One person will say, Did you hear that idiot Garth Brooks what that idiot Garth Brooks had to say on TV the other night? Knowing the answer gives people status. It makes them happy. And then it has a goddamn picture of Pee Wee Herman and it says, Pee Wee Herman star Paul Rubens is no stranger to celebrity gossip. God. As a person who soaks up celebrity gossip and has a reputation for being someone in the know, how has this helped your life, Angel? Oh, it's helped tremendously. I am, I guess I could say I'm 150% happier. 150? Wow. Yeah, because now, instead of worrying about my own issues, <laughs> I can now discuss other people's issues and not worry about hurting their feelings because I'm never going to meet them. They're not real people. <laughs> they're not real. Celebrities are these people on you. Uh, well, now they're on, on Twitter now. So it's like, I don't even know. Are, I don't see them on TV anymore. It's just on, on Twitter. Are celebrities this, non-fungible tokens? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> And 
I know they're not real because I tweet at them the the most vitriolic things and they never respond. So the most cool. vile things you, I've seen you spew, <laughs> and, and Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would make me blush. It becomes stop sign red again. <laughs> exactly, which is why I don't tweet it at you mm. because well, I don't want you to feel. I'm no things. celebrity. I'm a real person. <laughs> I'm a real man. <laughs> but with that being said, uh, I mean, with Pee Wee Herman, I, I need your best Pee Wee, best Pee Wee laugh. <laughs> We're doing this, huh? <laughs> okay. Let's do a Pee Wee off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. Uh, now, Angel, what does celebrity gossip have to do with Champ? <laughs> my response to my own question is that it is everything. As in the February February 12th, 2002 edition of the Weekly World News Show, just a, a few short months in advance from our last one, we are greeted with the headline, believe it or not, Angel, Nessie's pregnant and Champ is the daddy. I suppose, Angel, this wasn't a fight that Champ was looking for at all. <laughs> the article claims Champ has left Nessie's has left Nessie high and dry and Scottish officials are demanding Champ return to do the right thing. <laughs> at first, their mating was championed as it stated experts, those goddamn experts again, experts from the <laughs> around the world gathered at Loch Ness. The 120 eyewitnesses who watched in awe as the two massive dinosaur-like creatures made passionate whoopee later described it as a majestic sight. After a six-hour love romp, Champ just up and left. What do you make of this, Angel? I was thinking these. this is like a trash magazine that, you know, gossips oh, is high about culture. celebrity. <laughs> that, you know, talks trash, uh, celebrity gossip, all that stuff. But... This just made me realize that this is a very elaborate uh, comedic magazine. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the likes of Mad Magazine. They're, they're, th- all of the stuff they're saying is completely made up. Like that, that, that gossip article, you know, the, the Jean de la Porte who wrote this book, Gossip, 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 Your Way to Mental Health. That book and that person does not <laughs> exist at all. I just did a search, which made me realize... <laughs> They're make all of this stuff is just made up, mm-hmm. and what makes it brilliant is that they put in this one article, this one uh, um, uh, edition. What do you call that? The, yeah, magazine edition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they talk about how Champ issue, was going. This issue, I think, was the word we were looking the for. The issue, yes. The, 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 this issue, they talk about how Champ is going up to to fight Nessie. The next issue it's like, "Oh, he did the thing and he actually succeeded." Like they they're following up on the story. The one thing we could ask for is a follow-up of the stories people write and they're doing it. Even though it's all made up. Mm-hmm. It's complete brilliance and I totally have changed my mind about this magazine right now. Well, it's not even just the story threads, Angel. The the people come back because Dr. People, Brian yes. McHennessy makes an appearance again. <laughs> oh my god. He, this time he says uh Champ real reared his head out of the lake and <laughs> roared with pride like he was <laughs> king of the world, then swam away. Champ then made it back home just 15 days later. 
is Champ a deadbeat dad? We cannot attribute human at uh, properties to these creatures. <laughs> this is their way. This is the way. <laughs> you, you bed Nessie and leave. I mean, <laughs> the article even portrays Nessie as like this pure uh soul and this is the first time it's ever happened and she doesn't know what's going on she's confused she's lost she's saddened oh my god i mean does it get any better no life has peaked in this moment anything more you want to add before we get into the rubric all I know is that I'm gonna subscribe, get a pick up a subscription. <laughs> I don't think you can. I don't think it's a newspaper or a magazine anymore. I'm gonna revive Weekly World News with my own money, and we're gonna we're gonna make it work. All of your crypto money. Yes, because I think the reason it doesn't exist anymore is because people probably thought they were being serious, but we're gonna. We're going to be on the on the likes of, of The Onion, standing shoulder to shoulder. On the shoulders of titans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now we go into the rubric of Power Angel. Flap it to me, the powers of Champ. As far as I can tell. <laughs> oh, God. It's got strength. Strength to do what? To, to destroy an oil <laughs> tanker. <laughs> And I guess impregnate Nessie for six hours. It's got stamina. <laughs> sure. Like sting. I guess. Uh, is it like tantric sex? <laughs> I am at a loss for words here. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know what more could be said about Champ. Other than his powers aren't that impressive. You know, you. You always uh rag on me when I hate on creatures that fly. What was swimming even worse? Well, I'm just saying <laughs> if if swimming is probably mundane, so why is flying considered impressive? So I yeah, swimming is not it's not no big deal. I can swim. <laughs> can you so, outswim uh, champ though? No, uh, I I can't revert into a, a state <laughs> single of, cell. Survival. So either. State of survival. <laughs> I gave it a one. Yeah. Uh, one description that I found that supposedly came from Samuel de Chaplain about seeing Champ, uh, which we know he didn't, was that his body, <laughs> that the creature's body was hard enough that a dagger could not pierce it. How did P.T. Barnum expect people to kill this thing? I don't know. This may be the first time, Angel, where someone went for a stabbing instead of a shooting. <laughs> I mean, muskets had already been around for over 100 years at this point, so he sure as hell had one and could have tried to shoot it like a real human being would have. According to the lovely Weekly World News article uh, about him impregnating Nessie, he swam back in 15 days. Normally... A boat can make it across the Atlantic in around six to eight days with good conditions uh, with modern technology. So it's not like this made up article even attributed super speed to him. (laughs) (laughs) I guess he took down the oil tanker, too, but we don't know the condition of the oil tanker. 
was it like dilapidated and <laughs> just out there ready to leak um, ready, re- getting ready to retire may- <laughs> maybe he was out there to help them because he saw it sinking and the crewmen freaked out because they saw a lake monster <laughs> or sea serpent <laughs> thinking he would eat them and then there's the lady that said she saw him on land I mean, that was the only time I ever saw that being attributed to him. So I guess once or twice he can come <laughs> out of the water. So I gave, I gave it a one. A one. How about the the detectability of Chop? Uh, so you're probably going to hate me for this, but I'm breaking my own rule. My old rule that I used to follow, I've done away with that. This is a brand new season, a brand new me. Season premiere. Mm-hmm. And I said, detectability for this creature is a four. Jesus. Christ. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's right. Nobody can detect this thing. Nobody. Were you going to say something? There's a freaking sign that has people's names listed that have seen it. Doesn't matter. Those 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 names mean nothing. Because I could claim that I saw it and there's no way to verify that. The pictures that were taken nothing, prove nothing. What the hell are you talking about? That's about every single creature we've talked about. <laughs> Listen. All I know is I do not want to get on this phase bad side. So I have to give it a four and something. <laughs> Better go back and redo your uh, brownie score, your um, Nain Rouge score. Uh, I think we probably did one other phase. Listen, every time I did those scores, something bad happened to me and I started to pick up on the pattern. I noticed it. And that's a no more. It's uh-uh. Ain't gonna happen. Hey, <sighs> is this the first score out of fear? <laughs> out of fear for retribution? Uh, you gave it a fear four. For retribution. <laughs> that's right. Oh God. Oh, I am not. I'm not compromised, Angel. <laughs> Detectability. This is one big oops <laughs> on Champ's part. <laughs> Like I said, the freaking board has people's names listed. Somebody took the time to etch these names with dates and then place it in front of the lake <laughs> as a board of shame to champ that we have seen you. Like, what the hell is that? We've never seen anything like that before. It's got a ton of names on it. There's <laughs> like four <laughs> flaps of names. A one. I mean, come at me, uh, champ. <laughs> Come get me. Come swim towards me. You're braver than I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm almost afraid to ask this one. The lore and mystique of Shan- of <laughs> Well, what can I say? What can I not say? I mean, it's it's interwoven into the local culture. This creature. Uh, you have all the locals have a story about it claiming to have seen it but maybe they just want to get on camera i don't know that's just that's just me though there's a lot of shows going there to film yep 
And in fact, there, apparently there's a documentary getting worked on right now by, uh, I forget his name, who was trying to get a lore McKinstry on his program, which which I initially wanted to get a, get him on our program. And then I saw this guy tweeting at him saying, hey, come on our podcast to talk about this thing. And I'm like, hey, what's going on here? So we're not going to do that. <laughs> no, we're bucking the system. Uh yeah, so the lore mystique is just so fabulous because it's um it's a sea sea creature, and it's just there, and it's always existed. I guess. I mean, I don't have any origins yeah, since the freaking Jurassic era. Apparently, if it's a, <laughs> if it's a plesiosaur. Yeah. Um. There's really nothing behind it. There's no like secrets. No hoard of no treasure being hoarded or anything like that. Um, yeah, it, it, nobody really. It's not even any copper mines. <laughs> copper mines. Nobody's. Even the people's sightings don't have like somebody running away and the thing, you know, jumping on its car or anything like that. Yeah, it's more docile than Nessie. Although apparently it gets aggressive during reproducing uh, mating season. Every one hundred years, it's got to sw- swim upstream. <laughs> To kill. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a one. Yeah. It, it is it is interesting to me as the lore. All it is is sightings, in my opinion. That's, that is the lore, is sightings. Champ doesn't necessarily stand for anything that I know of. There's no outlandish backstory. There is Native American stuff going on, but even from that, what I can tell is that the, the creature is just in the lake. Uh, it's not like it's a Wendigo, like style lore um they just told the french to stay away from the lake and never disturb the water <laughs> that was all my understanding that's pretty much it uh i did enjoy thoroughly enjoyed the weekly world news rendition of champ that made him like an aggressive womanizer <laughs> because <laughs> that being attributed to a lake monster is something i never would have thought i'd ever see in my life <laughs> so good on that guy that wrote that article, <laughs> but I still give it a mm, 2.1. How about the the cunning of cunning again? There's no all those sightings of the stories of his sightings are just it rippling water, um, yeah. waves, maybe wake yeah. logs, yeah, maybe lumps in the water. Maybe coming onto the land and his lovely lady lumps. <laughs> Again, the wildest one we have is from that uh, magazine where it's knocking over oil tankers. Doesn't even seem very animal-like, really. We've questioned its food sources and how it's surviving. Like it's just a thing that doesn't even. I don't know. It doesn't live. <laughs> just. It just does shit in, in Lake Champlain. Like, <laughs> what the hell is this thing doing? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's getting a one from me. Uh, it's a dinosaur, I guess. A one. <laughs> like, <laughs> how about then, finally, in the rubric of power, the impact on pop culture for... Honestly, I think Champ was... Uh was robbed oh he, he was he, bur- burglared <laughs> burgled 
<laughs> burgled. Champ was once considered the most famous, the most famous lake monster. And it completely got overshadowed by Nessie. Like, nobody knows who Champ is. Mm-hmm. Only the people that live in Vermont and, and which have other states that, what is it, New York, New York. and possibly <laughs> Canada, uh, maybe. Canada. And even then, I I don't hear people, make, like, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's like, oh, you know, Champ. <laughs> You see that the, the latest <laughs> latest champ sighting, <laughs> the latest champ sighting. Update the board. <laughs> Let me get my wood uh, working tools. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a it's a damn shame that champ. It's a shameful was, thing. Is, yeah, was is not uh, very. Uh, as famous as it once was, I guess. Oh, because like Nessie has a whole like entire brand built around it at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah. Scotland went all in on on accepting this thing as like a a beacon of tourism and completely <laughs> overshadowed Champ. Yeah, I I I searched for the Nessie photo, the famous one, and I just kept getting a bunch of renditions of different Nessies of artist renditions like cartoons or 3d renderings i'm like this is well i just want the original photo where is it there's so many things revolving around nessie and and like like inflatable things of nessie and people you know just using it to sell their things it's wild Mm -hmm. and champ just gets that mancy photo you say it like it's (laughs) a disappointment (laughs) The I mean, Mancy photo. Who the guts the Mancy photo? It's it's a log in the water. Come on. She fell to her knees, Angel, in awe and <laughs> astonishment to take that picture for you. There's a reason I gave it a four in detectability. They didn't want to upset Sandra Mancy. <laughs> I gave this uh, 1.5. Ouch. Ouch. Uh, it has its usual festivals and such. I think the the usual champ festivals, like the first Saturday in August of every year, uh, if memory serves me well from research, it is, we've talked about before, a good boost for tourism in the local areas of uh, a huge effing lake around the New York and Vermont border. So uh, there's also a, a local baseball team, the Lake Monsters. They were renamed that. I thought that was kind of neat. A an utter disappointment, Angel, because <laughs> beer seemed a really big miss on this one. I think there'd be a lot what? of of champ beers, but I found one reference from 2009. I don't even know if it's still in production. It says McNeil's of Battleboro, Vermont, is offering up an American Pale Ale style beer called Champ Ale. In our opinion, it's one of the best beverages to enjoy while watching for Champ from the beaches along Lake Champlain. Throw back a couple, or six, and you're almost guaranteed to see Champ. Uh, another I saw was We Heavy Champ by Magic Cat Brewing Company, and a review by a dude named Lyle on Untapped said, A little thin. That was all it said. Uh, but he still gave it a 4.25 stars out of 5. So Lyle still liked it, even though it was a little thin. That's where we're at with him. And I suppose here's the thing with with Champ, in my opinion. 
I think Nessie's PR drive has done such a good drive of making it like a creature that seems important, whatever the hell that even means in, in the context of this, that after <laughs> looking into Champ, I was like, it's it's just a thing in the lake that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't do anything. Uh, so that may have soured my score a little bit. Like the the PR powerhouse of Nessie was so strong, it impacted my score on Champ. So I landed on a one and a half for impact on pop culture. So then, with our rubric of power completed here, we'll plug in our scores. What did you land at for a score for Champ? Eight point five. I landed at an absolutely abysmal. 6.6 <laughs> which believe it or not for our our fabled lake monster episode that we have spoken about for four seasons of this thing coming uh the lake monster gets a 7.55 wow wow <laughs> It's it's I guess it's hard to get a really low score for for cryptids, huh? As I was doing the score, I was like, uh, "Did Warper Tinger do better?" <laughs> Let's see. Um, no, <laughs> it's the low. I think it's our lowest scoring one. <laughs> now that we've done the Lake Monster, uh, have did this? Did any of this? Um, change your mind and your feelings about lake monsters in general or did it just affirm your beliefs into why we shouldn't do it? you know i think up until i finished my research i never really thought of lake monsters at all like never gave them more than a a, a cursory look of uh they seem cool but i don't think they are <laughs> anymore <laughs> No. It's like, what's the big deal? It's, a, it's a, a dinosaur in the lake. I guess that's cool, but then then you never see it, ever, except <laughs> if you're really lucky. And and then you just see it poke its head out of the water. So what? <laughs> I mean, in the grand scheme of things, what? whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what does it matter? What, what, what does anything, what does anything matter anymore? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this episode's giving me an existential crisis. So, <laughs> oh goodness! All right, you curiosities. Now it's time to barrel on through an oil tanker. Make sure it topples over and kills a few people with your barrel chest, <laughs> <laughs> and swim your way onto Twitter. And make sure you uh tweet at us at Cracking Curios. Uh, we got a new Twitter. It's called. At Cracking Curios. It's not actually what? new. I was like, we did? <laughs> Holy shit. It's not actually new, but it's it's new to you because you guys haven't tweeted. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, in transparency, we haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We will. Tweet at us. You know, include a hashtag. Why not? I don't know if hashtags are still a thing anymore. I mean... They're not cool anymore. Like email. They're, they're, not, they're not cool anymore. So... Don't include a hashtag. In fact, just be like, hashtag not a hashtag. And then hashtag crack cryptids. I think we should do asterisk 643. <laughs> 643. 
What does that mean? <laughs> I, I looked at the number pad, and those were the first three numbers I saw. It's, it's going to be our thing instead of hashtags, asterisk 643. Well, I don't know if you cool kids know about back in the day when we used to have beepers. <laughs> oh, beepers. Oh, I thought you were going. Beepers. And there's a thing called beeper codes. Mm-hmm. And then the most... The one that all the ladies loved was 143. So go ahead and tweet at us, 143. That stands for I love you. Is the four a heart? No. What? I think, I believe, I believe the reasoning was that it's the letters of the words. So one is I, so that's only one mm-hmm. letter. Four is L-O-V-E. And then U is three letters, right? So 143. That's amazingly complicated. I never would have thought of that. <laughs> and surprisingly, if you remove the one and you send uh, you beeper code somebody four, four three. three, that just means F you. <laughs> Completely different meaning. Meh. Beeper code sucks. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't tweet at us beeper codes. Just tweet us hashtags. <laughs> Keep it simple. No, asterisk six four three. <laughs> <laughs> you can also uh, follow us on Instagram at Cracking Cryptids. There's hashtags there too, but um, that's mainly for us and not for the people there. You guys can comment on our posts when we post. And there's already existing posts you can comment on and give us a heart or something. I don't know. Tell your friends about us. Give us a 143. Not a 43. Speaking of outdated technology, we also have email, crackingcryptidsandcurios at gmail.com. Interesting story. I didn't check it for like three months at, uh, in our little break here. We got invited to a, a UFO um, <laughs> conference. <laughs> we missed that boat. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but you curiosities won't have to miss that boat because we're on every possible podcast platform where you can find your favorite podcast and by your favorite i mean ours this should be the only one you're listening to really um you finish our episodes you just go back to the beginning and listen to them again because you're gonna find little little bits of details that you missed and you're like wow their lore goes so deep we're like a marvel movie we've got <laughs> secrets hidden back then skunk ape <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, um, fun fact, I don't know if all of you listen all the way to the end, but there's always something fun at the end of the, mm-hmm. our episodes. I think this is where I say goodbye to our curiosity. So, as always, goodbye. I love you. This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. Zero two five eight eight. Zero two five eight eight. Zero two five eight eight.